Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we've got a couple of guests who are leading the way when it comes to helping student athletes capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. And they are standing by. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. This week on Buckets, Boards and Blocks, we're taking a break from the playoffs to discuss an issue near and dear to our hearts. Speaking of our, King is not with me this week. He's a very busy man. All is well in his world. He just needed a timeout, which we totally respect. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Now, moving on. This week, we're talking about college athletes. They have helped earn the companies, or excuse me, institutions and the NCAA billions of dollars for their play. While it's true that many student athletes receive an education in exchange for their work, I, for one, was very thrilled of walking away from Georgetown with a free 99 degree. They've never been able to profit from their names, numbers, and likenesses that appear on the merchandise that both the schools and the NCAA sell. But new laws are being passed. We're inside a month away from these changes. Today's guests are at the forefront of that new frontier. They are the co-founders of Athletic, Jared Humer and Ashton Keys. Guys, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Good morning. All right. So off the break, you have a company that now helps student athletes navigate the pending name, image, and likeness legislation in a bunch of different states. Uh, tell us what Athletic is, what its mission statement is. You wanna take that action? Yeah, uh, so essentially what Athletic is, is really creating, uh, like you said, the new industry of student athletes who in almost, what, three weeks, uh, started on July 1st, will be able to monetize their name, image, and likeness. So what we're trying to create is that marketplace to help them connect with those endorsement partners that actually want to pay them for their name, image, and likeness. So what we do is kind of work as that middleman to connect those endorsement partners to those student athletes. While that's extremely important is navigating these laws and legislations, it's a lot of things that comes into play uh, from a compliance standpoint, as well as from an educational standpoint, uh, even though you know, these athletes have massive brands. Uh, most of these athletes, this will be their first time ever to be an influencer or creator. So understanding what their worth is, what their value is, and like how much they should charge, as well as making sure that they are uh, doing these deals in compliance with the laws that's out is our kind of sweet spot and what we hope to solve with our company. And that's our main mission is to really provide athletes the opportunity and education to monetize their name without affecting their abilities on the court as well as their school. It's interesting that you bring up the compliance piece, Ashton, because I have long said, I used to do a podcast with Clinton Portis, shout out to my boy. And he <laughs> felt like once money enters the equation, it opens a Pandora's box of other problems and issues. 
That was his personal experience. When he got to the NFL and started making money, it was a whole nother animal. Mm. And I said to him, if that's your concern, then put somebody on staff to help these kids navigate. Don't tell me mm-hmm. that being broke is best for your mental health or best for <laughs> managing your relationships. So yeah. do you see your company as having a relationship with universities and colleges as well or directly to the athletes? Jared, do you want to answer I that? Think it, yeah, I, I think it's some of both. And I think that's kind of like another competitive edge that we have, you know, mission with uh, Ashton being an alum of Michigan State and having connections to their athletic department, myself attending HBCU and FAMU, having connections all throughout the industry. Um, there has to be some sort of like communication and it's kind of like transparency across both processes because uh, in, in order to comply with compliance, <clears throat> excuse me, they have to be well aware of, you know, the partnerships that are being brought to the table for the student athletes, uh, making sure that they, if they're a Nike school or partners and working with Adidas, um, hypothetically, um, there has to be that communication. So we we are uh, full, you know, fully fledged in support of athletes and athlete empowerment, but there still has to be some communication with the universities. So give me an example of how this works. I Let me just be, a matter of fact, I'll be a student at Georgetown again. <laughs> do I call y'all up? Y'all come looking for me? Like, how, how do you envision helping student athletes without being adversarial to universities and colleges? Yeah, so essentially what you would do is sign up for our platform. So you'll create an account profile and uh, connect your platform. So all of your social media accounts and then from there, you would actually highlight what you are looking to do. So like whether you want to do appearances or you want to do like actual sponsored posts on your social media account. Uh, once you have that set, uh, we also, if you don't know exactly like what your pricing or things that you want to charge for these different uh, endorsements, we actually can uh, give you a recommendation based on your connected social media accounts and look at all those different statistics that we have from that. And then from there, uh, brands will be able to see that you are open and available uh, to do uh, certain endorsements and deals that you've highlighted. And then they can make a request to you directly through that platform. So they'll send a request like, hey, Monica, uh, we want you to promote this product on this platform and do the XYZ for the campaign. They'll send you a campaign brief and different things of that nature. Uh, Once you get that request, you can either accept or deny it. So it'll come straight through to you uh, you can either accept or deny it, or you will counter it based on what you think it's worth. So if you feel like, oh, they're asking me to do too much, you can counter it to say like, oh, this is worth this amount, as well as have that communication directly through our platform. Uh, once the request comes in, though, the university automatically gets notified of all requests. So a university will have, uh, and that's something that's highlighted in laws, they have to have someone specifically uh, dedicated to work, like you said. Uh, within that compliance space to oversee uh, what's going on in NIL. So they'll get automatically notified, uh, whoever that the university uh, sets for that uh, directly through the platform. And then if you accept it, you know, you just have to make sure on our platform, you'll submit that you've completed it. And then the brand has to also agree that you've completed it. And then that payment will come directly to you through the platform. So right now we're strictly uh, domain focus is a digital uh, endorsements and things of that nature. Uh, but we, we do want to move forward to some things such as appearances and things that, as well. How big is this business, y'all? Because I can remember our ESPN college basketball seminar 
let's see, when was the pandemic? 2020, very weird year. So this must have been 2019 or was it? Mm. I think it was 2019. And you got, it's clearly, when we had this conversation, there's a clear generational gap on the issue. Yeah. <laughs> and some of our more established coaches, some retired and now doing Strictly TV felt like this is going to change the game and make recruiting more of the wild, wild west. It's basically mm. free agency. Although I remember Seth Greenberg actually had a very forward thinking stance and he was kind of where I was in terms of there is an elite group that are your Zion Williamson's in mm -hmm. terms of monetization or even your Paige uh, Beckers, right? And then there's everybody else who will be able to make a little piece of change but are not going to make enough money to skip the entire college experience just off their name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. um, what, do, what do you guys say to folks that are still sort of shaking their head at this idea of allowing kids to benefit cash as opposed to just picking up free degrees? You take that, Ashley. Yeah, I think, um, and we've had a lot of conversations with people where uh, I think it's a lot of benefit on, on both sides. So uh, just a couple universities we talked to and a couple people, they talk about how even at my university, some of these student athletes are, has, are massive when it comes to the, the, the local city. So East Lansing, Michigan State, you know, so like Tum Tum, I don't even know if you remember Tum Tum Nar, but he was huge at East Lansing. Like he had a massive following. Everybody knew him. Every restaurant loved him. And he could have made a killing. Uh, if he had the opportunity to monetize his name, image, and likeness in that local area, all the restaurants would have benefited of having his face and name uh, to be able to promote that. And I think that's where the benefit comes when you think of like the localization of the different opportunities, because there's so many of these local places like restaurants, car washes, car salesmanship of that area within the college, as well as the regional area that these athletes have massive followings and audience and they could really benefit from that. And I, I think it's one of those things where, and we've seen it as well, all the universities are, and if you see it on Twitter, announcing how they have this competitive branding edge. So I, I do see it becoming like a recruiting thing, but everyone is announcing the same thing. So it, I look at it in the future where every university will have a branding coach Every university will have somebody dedicated to help athletes uh, figure out how to be an influencer. And I do think that can actually be a benefit. I know I talked about this before where I worked with the university at Michigan State just to help athletes understand how to be public figures. And this actually could be something that helps them in their career, such as not actually posting uh, derogatory words, not posting them partying, not posting themselves drinking and things of that nature. So like if they already starting this early, even if they go into the workforce, having this mindset of I'm a public figure, I'm a brand, and being able to brand yourself actually can be beneficial for an athlete as they take that next step and they'll have some of those skill sets that they can translate to the workforce. I think it'd be super impactful if they start thinking of it earlier. I love that. I mean, I, this is definitely the next iteration of the public speaking opportunities and the branding powers that we had in college for sure. I would ask you guys though, is there a line? Where's the line? Like could Num Num Tar pull up with a Hummer a la LeBron <laughs> from the local Hummer dealership? Like what, is there a line at the way, as you guys understand it, is there a line? Yeah, I think it's for sure a line in, in a sense of like, um, of what they can do. Like some of the things, like, I think that's actually very much possible if uh, the compensation for uh, name, image, and likeness is a car, that's for sure it's possible. 
uh, the line is really on some of the laws are stating that student athletes cannot promote anything that has to do with uh, marijuana, alcohol, as well as some statements, which is a little shaky, uh, is a bad representation of the university. So that one is kind of shaky because the university gets to decide what they think is a bad representation. But what's in, set in stone is athletes cannot at all promote anything that has to do with alcohol, marijuana, adult entertainment, and things of that nature, which kind of makes sports sense. Sports betting. Yeah, sports betting, which mm-hmm. all those things make sense just because it could be a conflict of interest as well as uh, just not a good look for the universities that they attend and play. Got it. Got it. Uh, I was actually going to ask you guys about the state by state situation for you as a company. You are guys not limited to one state or jurisdiction. No. Mm-mm. So y'all are going to be up on all the rules state by state, but any yeah. kid at any school could reach out and run and operate through your platform. Hmm. 100%. So I was just going to, one thing I was just going to say is that we do, uh, when a student athlete signs up that we are checking to make sure that they are within the states because one of the things we don't want is an athlete to be in my state, Michigan, and trying to get a deal too early and not being compliant. That makes sense. It, okay, so is there a window for this? Like, do you have to complete your freshman year, or once you are, once your letter of intent is signed, you are on campus, you get your per diem, you know what I'm saying? Your whatever, what's that thing called? Something in A. Once you once you get that uh, edu address, you know you're you're compliant. You know, as far as we concern, um, actually have anything to that? Yeah, uh, you have to. So you have to be out of like graduated from uh, your high school. I guess if that's mm-hmm. what you're asking. Uh, the laws specifically say post-secondary institutions. So students mm-hmm. at post-secondary institutions. So high schoolers are not uh, as laws are stated able to monetize their name, image, and likeness. So once you graduate if that's what you're asking Monica. yes so once i'm once i've officially graduated i might be in summer school but i'm officially a student at insert university here we can rock yeah exactly now but that's an interesting point though ashton and jared because this social thing these babies are coming into college <laughs> with the followings exactly so i don't know does this now because there was an eligibility issue right before you get on campus and so now the rules while you're on campus are shifting do you foresee or do i not know of rules already changing at the high school level in terms of what because the issue would be illegal benefits based on recruiting in the high school level am i thinking this through right yeah you're, you're thinking it through right i don't know if you want to speak on that jared uh i think it can potentially be something but like right now uh, is, is the way it's set up is specifically for college athletes. But I think like you stated, um, this most high school athletes have like their biggest influencers already. Yeah. So I do see like this will be that probably would be like the next step to say like why it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And I think that's why you have these overtime elites and these other high school programs trying to go out and get these kids. So that might actually lead them to start to take that because that's kind of a benefit or value of what those programs are trying to offer to these kids, which is to make money while they're 16 to 18. You know, think, I'm glad you mentioned overtime elite. Go ahead, Jared, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, to ask this point, that is the next iteration. I'm pretty confident of that. Uh, we've already began conversations with different um, athletic, athletic administrators on the high school level that understand that they're, the influence that their athletes have and trying to find means of providing monetization for themselves, their families, and their communities. So 
Um, I think it's not a question as of if it's just when. Yeah. Hmm. Got you, got you, got you. Now, uh, kind of in that same vein, how much, I don't know, I guess it probably varies case by case, but how much money are we standing to see come through the hands of young people? Uh, because there, this past NCAA tournament, mm, I can't remember the publication, but there was a great piece out that showed mm -hmm. that the top names, some of the top athletes on the women's side in the NCAA tournament stood to out earn their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, coming up through women's basketball, following women's basketball, that sport has had to do a much better and more diligent job of gaining eyeballs through the digital space because they don't have the same airtime as their as their mm -hmm. male counterparts. But if you're talking about Paige Becker's being at the top of the list, right? That's Paige and AZ at UConn. And then, you know, let's say ACC team, not terrible, gonna be an NCAA tournament, but not well-known. Let's go FSU, right? Maybe. Mm -hmm. What are we talking in terms of the range or is that strictly based on how the local community supports the sport? Yeah, so it's, if you think about it, it's, it's based on a lot of different factors. So it's based on one, is an athlete playing a sport that is a revenue generating sport? Two, is an athlete uh, an all-American or like you said, out of worldly talented athlete? So like, those are kind of the two biggest things. So like, and like a Paige Beckers, they're in like the million dollar range for sure. Like all Americans, the top ones. But when you go to specifically revenue generating sport athletes, which are basketball and football, the projections are they'll make around like at the minimum, like a $75,000 a year type of range. Whereas a non-revenue, the minimum that they can make is like 3K. But we do see like that range could go up to between like 10 to 30 and more given who the specific athlete is. Because one of the things we've seen is it's like, especially on the TikTok wave where it's rowers, it's athletes that play these odd sports, but have massive followings because of the way social media is growing and scaling where anybody could be an influencer. And if you have a specific audience and interest that people engage with, you can actually promote yourself. So that's kind of like the minimum, but uh, we do see it's a lot of outliers that kind of uh, scale above what we're what we're seeing in the market. Hmm. Okay. I, this is all just super exciting. Um, I do think it's, it's certainly going to change the dynamic, but the idea that oh, we won't be able to control it is is going to be more on student athletes. The idea that that decision will be made by no one that is <laughs> athlete to me just doesn't sit right. Give these kids a chance. Let them figure out. Uh, we've already talked at length about how much savvier Gen Z is in terms of mm. how they identify the issues that they are involved in, what they're willing to speak on. Give them a chance to management. I mean, that's, that's where I am. I don't, I don't think that being fearful does any services for you if you're a program because kids want a shot to be to create the best lives that they can. No, for sure. And, and that's the biggest thing that we've had a lot of conversations with current and former athletes. And like, that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of these athletes, their, their goal always is to one, be the best athlete that they can be. And two, especially a lot of them uh, coming from underrepresented backgrounds, it's like they want to change their family's dynamic. And like, that's one of their main goals. And if they could have that opportunity while they're in college, uh, and even if they don't uh, have the opportunity to go pro, and I think that's an amazing opportunity for them. And I think, you know, withholding that back, even though, you know, like you said, the tournaments and so much other revenue is being pushed and so many people are following them, 
why not? And it's like, we're not taking away. And that's the biggest thing. Jared always harps on that. It's like, we're not trying to take away from any uh, marketing or endorsements or any deals that the university has at all. This is all based specifically on the athlete specific, their brands, their audience, the things that they have on their specific social profiles and themselves. And I don't think that takes away from what the university can do at all. And I think it's a great partnership. And I'm super excited that we finally pushed to where we're at right now. I'm definitely excited to see it all come to fruition as well. Even though some of these babies are going to be making more than I made at my first job. But that's, I'm not going to be a hater. Not going to be. Um, so actually, we have a very practical example near and dear to the show. My co-host, King McClure, who couldn't be with us today, is a Baylor alum. And we actually had two of his former teammates and current national champs, Matthew Meyer and Jackson Moffitt, on an episode. And they are known as the Mullet Bros. They've got T-shirts. They rock them crazy mullets. It's their brand. It's their thing. <laughs> Um, obviously this past year, they couldn't have gotten into selling the shirts moving forward. They will have the opportunity to do that. What would be the process for them to start making money off of their mullet bros brand? Yeah. So for them, that's really, is actually interesting. Um, honestly, they would actually have to work directly with their compliance at their university because them, that's their actual specific entrepreneurial ventures. And that's something that I actually recently talked to a couple of students at Michigan State as well, where they're super excited because one of them, this is so crazy, he had a business and he couldn't even put his name on it. Like he had to be like a ghost partner because of the fact that he would be ineligible. It was just crazy that he spent so much time and effort working on growing his business, but he couldn't actually uh, put his name on it or talk about what he was doing. So they actually work directly with the person that's designated to the compliance. And the only thing they would have to do is make sure that all of the funds that they make, make directly from their t-shirt sales would have to be uh, sent to uh, the compliance director as well as potentially the NCAA so that they have oversight on what they're making specifically from their promotions. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I mean, I just, I think it's exciting. I think it's a brave new frontier we've got in this space. Um, do, how much do you think it will, it will impact recruiting? Because I think it is naive to say that it won't because you will have your college towns where you are, uh, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing walking in the streets of, where's Wisconsin? Somewhere terrible versus <laughs> a school like, you know, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, St. John's that is in a big city. And there's so much other, things that compete with the attention uh, to your favorite college program. And it's Madison, Wisconsin. Shout out to producer Bruce. I'm sorry. I, that's not, <laughs> I want to pass. <laughs> so how much, how do you, how much do you, how much do you see it interacting with recruiting? I wouldn't look at it more so um, as a market stance. I would look at, you know, um, through our conversation with student athletes, it seemed as if they're going to side with universities that, have the NIL figured out, you know, that are working with, uh, you know, platforms such as ours, such as um, some of our competitors, <laughs> uh, some that are, you know, more so focused on the compliance or the education side, you know, um, the school that's going to come, come on top of recruiting is the, is the university that kind of like figures it out and, you know, hires that brand coach and has somebody on site and, you know, has partners that have allocated budgets set for influencer marketing that they're ready to spend on their athletes, you know, um, that's, that's my stance and, you know, just what we gather through data. Yeah. I've been saying the same thing. Like I think the biggest thing is like this, like the schools that already are the top schools, they have the budget. So like 
I don't foresee like a, a school like uh, Alabama or Texas A&M getting out recruited through NIL just because they have the money. So like we've already seen like schools that already were doing well, uh, they launched, they have specific programs that they already been, they launched, put on Twitter and like scale that are specifically focused on showing and showing to athletes how we can help you get your brand. So we've seen Florida State, Texas, Texas A&M, all of these schools already announcing like these programs that we already started are focused on how we can help you young student athlete grow your brand and make the most money. So I feel like those schools who already get the top recruits will already have programs set up and invest the money into it. Uh, but it do it does to me have an opportunity where some other programs may be able to kind of sneak in if they can really get this right and, and figure out how they can help student athletes as well. But I, I don't see a difference because I do feel like these programs that are already at the top are already uh, ahead of it. And the five-star, four-star will already be going uh, to the top universities and they already have these programs set up to help them. Uh, I'm trying to, so it's so interesting because as we're talking, I am hearing the opportunities that will support mm. my experience as a student athlete. And I was talking to one of my friends who's a coach and she's like, somewhere in people's minds who are against this, she thinks that they think kids will be skipping out on games and practices, go do influencer things. And she's like, no, they're still coming on campus to compete in said sport. This is just another opportunity for them to maximize their experience in that window. And even though, you know, you're talking about power five big time schools that already have those budgets. I can't, I, I called a women's basketball championship for the Mountain West. Hmm. And I think it was Nevada State. They've got a pair of twins who are like millions of followers on TikTok, right? And so they're, the twins talent level would dictate that they will go to a Mountain West school, you know, a, a non-power five school. But because of what they're able to do in their own TikTok, like it doesn't matter where they are because yeah. they've already sort of mastered this art. And so I think folks gotta be honest about these athletes still, I would think at the front of their mind is the opportunity to go play ball and compete. If yeah. you are gonna go sit on a bench cause you wanna go to a bigger school and you think that's gonna be better for your Instagram following then I don't know if you're the kind of athlete I want in my program anyway cause you don't seem focused. No, you caught it, you, you're a hundred percent right. and. That's the biggest thing for us is like we want to make sure and that's one of the biggest things we're trying to build into our platform. And we've already that's kind of the conversation we've asked to athletes is like, what does your schedule look like already? Mm -hmm. What are your media commitments and try to mirror things that they already do, such as like, you know, sometimes you have to take photos for different posters for the university and things that of that nature. And like, how do you schedule that so that it doesn't become a hindrance? And like when you think of your NIL commitments, that's the same thing that we're trying to do is put in your schedule. Make sure you show the time you're available so that we can make it the most seamless and frictionless uh, possible process so that you aren't, like you said, focusing on your brand, but you can do what you came to your university for, which is to play ball and get an education, hopefully. And if, if, that, if that process is seamless and that you can make money while you do it, I think it's a win-win on all parties, including the university. Yeah, I mean, the brand is gonna subsidize your performance. So if you're a bum, <laughs> following gonna look if you uh, so there's that well guys i love it i think this is innovative it is a solution to a problem folks may or may not be i shouldn't say problem it is a 
opportunity to streamline the new wave because mm -hmm. I don't see it as a problem. I see it as a wonderful opportunity for both student athletes um, and institutions. So uh, yeah, so how can folks get in touch with you guys or join or parents maybe if they want their kids to check you out to help them get some help? Yeah. I'd say uh, reach out to us on social media, reach out to us uh, via email, uh, social media platforms. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at A-T-H-L-Y-T-I-C or on Instagram, A-T-H-L-Y-T-I-C.io. Um, our emails, you can reach us at contact at athletic.io. That's once again, A-T-H-L-Y-T-I-C.io. Fantastic. Uh, before we get you out of here, Jared, I understand that you also have some orange and blue blood in you. For the New <laughs> yes, sir. Listen, I'm, I will say this. <laughs> Atlanta is good. And mm -hmm. having followed that series up close to personal for MSG, mm -hmm. I could easily see the second round with Philly going six. Mm -hmm. Seven since they lost game one. Um, mm -hmm. But that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk yeah. about this real quick. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about it. What you got for me? I mean, Tim's comes up with coach of the year, Julius Randle, most improved player. Um, mm -hmm. Derek Rose, obviously in strong contention for sixth man of the year, even mm -hmm. having only been with the team for half a season. What's your outlook, Jared? I think uh, we're headed in a positive direction. Uh, we skipped a few steps of the rebuild. I think uh, we have 50 million to spend in the off season. We have two first round picks. So we're probably going to find some steals. Um, we have one of the, the most well-vetted guys in the industry in World Wide West and Leon Rose that know how to scope talent and find talent. Uh, let me cover my shirt. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, a great opportunity. And I think um, there's going to be a superstar moment that's like, you know, I want to take on the big stage. You know, um, I want to go up against Brooklyn. So I'm definitely uh, excited. <laughs> Ashton, what are you laughing at? You disagree? Yeah. You know what? I, I, look, I look, – I, I think you you got a team across that across the uh, town that uh I think they got a couple years on y'all. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it has to run out at some point. These guys are you know they're I mean they're still in their prime, but you know they got a few years left. You got R.J. Barrett who's twenty years old, Julius Randle's approaching twenty seven. You know um, I got hope in Obi. I think he figures it out. Uh, we got Mitchell Robinson. I think the future is bright, and Tibbs got some good guys to run with. I think of this conversation, two things can be true. Brooklyn is ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can say that. Keep it a buck, mm -hmm. right? But I also think, seriously, it's the UConn effect, the New England Patriots effect, the Duke effect, whatever you want to call it. I think that that puts the pressure on to elevate. Mm -hmm. And to Jared's yeah. point, I still stand by. And maybe you guys as branding folks can, can relate. There is no brand quite like the Knicks. There's no place mm -hmm. quite like New York City. If you mm -hmm. are the guy that's willing to take on the challenge and you get it done, come on, man. Like, no star will be brighter. So I just think it's a matter of time, personally. You look at it like viewership for game one, it was like off the charts. You know, uh, one of the most watched games all season. That's for the Knicks and the Hawks. You know, um, there's one all-star on the floor. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, man. Um, definitely excited for the future of New York City basketball. It is exciting. Uh, we're going to trust the front office guys to make the right decisions because, Lord, one one misstep can throw you for a little bit of time. <laughs> Move it in the right direction. Ashton Keys, Jared Humor of The Athletic. Gentlemen, thank you for hanging out. Uh, thank you for educating us on all things NIL. And good luck. And with your endeavors and your business, I hope your roster blows your mind. It is so full that everybody making money and just having a good time in the sports world. I love it. Thank That's you so much. Thank you. That was 
dope. Thank you to this week's guests, Ashton Keys and Jared Humor of Athletic. Make sure y'all go check them out on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is athletic.io. We hope that you can get the Brinks trucks rolling for college athletes and for their company because we would love to see it. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features Mike and Bruce breaking down playoff action and sounding off on Brooklyn. The Clippers and Trey Young. Gosh, the youngest, brightest star of the playoffs. Is that fair to say? Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin has National College and NBA reporter Jeff Goodman from Watch Stadium. Jeff is all over the Coach K situation and also has great info on the Boston Celtics offseason moves. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And I will rejoin King next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Guys, please keep your guard up and get the vaccination. I heard a news report the other day that we might not reach President Biden's goal as vaccinations are slowing, particularly in the South. Get the shot. It protects you and it protects others. Vaccinated people don't need to wear masks anymore, although I still wear mine. (laughs) Get the shot and then you have the option of losing your mask. If you're one of those folks out here who doesn't want to get the vaccine, please keep your mask on and don't get anyone else sick. If you like buckets, boards, and blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, disregard my dog making noise in the background, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a ton to us. Until we meet again, enjoy your poops. Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.